Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. about this crowd we had here tonight you know it's crazy um you know being in in milwaukee with the dumb stuff and even you know in houston um it, it was loud but i felt like it was it was really loud um you know, they, they brought it uh even with the it's rainy cold they still brought it um you know that was, was a good win still 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 a lot of work to do so uh i need them to bring it tomorrow too What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats Live presented by Taco Bell. I'm down on the field. Game four just wrapped up. The Atlanta Braves are one win away from being World Series champions. We heard it right there from Austin Riley last night about this place's atmosphere. It's unbelievable, and it was again tonight. From three hours before first pitch out in the battery where thousands and thousands of people were hanging out. This place is special. The game that ended up following was just as special. This place is awesome. Let's get into the game recap. And it starts with the Braves and how they started this game. And it was with Dylan Lee, who has never started a game on the mound in the major leagues, ever. This is his first time. He came in from out of the bullpen to make him feel a little more comfortable. I thought it was a little strange situation, but we're going to get into that a little later. Kyle Wright ends up coming in and honestly threw incredible. Kyle Wright is one of the heroes of this night here tonight. Bunch of any four innings, four strong innings, shuts down a, a dominant Houston Astros lineup. I talked about how important inning one is going to be. They scored an inning one. But Kyle Wright came in and prevented any further damage from coming for a long, long time. Kyle Wright tonight stepped up, put the team on his back, and had an amazing performance. So hats off to him. Four innings of dominant work against this great Astros lineup. It can't go unsaid how unbelievable he was tonight. But also unbelievable was his counterpart, Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke was masterful tonight, and, and I don't use that word lightly. He was masterful. He was an artist out on the mound. He was painting a picture for us, the fans, for the other team, for the Astros. Zach Greinke doesn't throw over 90 miles an hour, but he was dominant tonight. He was throwing 68, 68 mile an hour curveballs. He was throwing changeups that just float up there. He was blowing it by guys at 91 miles an hour. Honestly, it was incredible. So what Zach Greinke did tonight on the counterpart, I, I know they didn't end up getting the win, but what Zach Greinke did was special. It truly was. He put this Astros team, when they needed it the most, down 2-1, to one, Zach Greinke was beautiful. So so him and, and Kyle Wright, it was awesome. He also got a hit tonight, by the way. Zach Greinke comes up. He's a great hitting pitcher, one of the best this game has ever seen. 
He got a big hit tonight. We're going to talk about this more later as well. But Zach Greinke is a stud of an athlete. He hasn't been throwing great. He got roughed up in the ALCS. This was his second start of the playoffs in Game 4 of the World Series. The second start. The first one against the Red Sox in the ALCS, he got roughed up. He threw incredible tonight. So hats off to Zach Greinke for that outing tonight. Let's talk about Austin Riley. We caught up with him yesterday, talked to him for a little while down on the field. He was one of yesterday's heroes. He had another great night tonight. And it started with his defensive play down the line. First and second, Altuve up at the plate, a line drive down the line. Austin Riley makes a backhanded snag. He ends up on the line. So this was a great play. His reaction was unbelievable there. Austin Riley is a great hitter, but what he does in the field on defense is equally as important to this team. He saved not one, but two runs, potentially. What a play. What a big momentum turner for this team, keeping them in it. But then Altuve comes up, who's been incredible in this postseason. He was struggling. Altuve comes up and just absolutely crushes a ball, a home run to make it two to nothing. Jose Altuve, as I said a couple nights ago, is one of the best Houston Astros all time, ever. And he continues to show it on the biggest stage in the world. He was great again tonight. Hits that ball to center field, an absolute bomb. Hits another ball hard later, which we'll get to in a second. But he was awesome. Then Austin Riley comes up at, to the plate. He did it on defense. Now he's at the plate. He continues to get it done at the plate. A rocket into the gap. Run ends up scoring. He advances to second on the throw. This was big. This team wasn't able to do anything all night long. And I talked to Austin Riley about how difficult it is to hit in the cold. And we saw it again tonight. I said, this is going to be tough to come by runs. But he's the one that kind of broke it open. And hitting is contagious. And Austin Riley started it off tonight with that ball into the gap, an absolute laser, followed up by a Dansby Swanson home run a little bit later. Austin Riley breaks, breaks the floodgates open, and then Dansby Swanson comes up. What an absolutely incredible at-bat. They're down 2-1. to one. He ties it up. The place is going off. The atmosphere in this place. Look, I can't stress it enough. I know I keep talking about the atmosphere, but wow. Wow. He ties it up with an oppo bomb. The place is going wild. Dansby Swanson's going nuts, crossing home plate. The team goes wild, and it doesn't take long for the Braves to take the lead. Jorge Soler comes up the very next batter, hits an absolute laser beam home run. This guy has power unlike anything that I've seen in a while, and I don't say that lightly. He was hitting balls up on the train tracks in Houston and BP, and now he hits this ball back-to-back -back home runs to give the Braves the lead. 3-2 ball game. This place is going wild. One of, the, one of the most loud crowds I have ever heard, to be quite honest with you. So they take the 3-2 lead. Can they hold them? That's what the story becomes at that point. Can you hold the Houston Astros? You have Jose Altuve coming up, who already hit a bomb earlier in the game. He hits the ball hard to left. He honestly, I think he thought he got it. He crushed it. He gave his signature bat drop. He crushed it to left field. Eddie Rosario makes the play of the night. Saves a double. Hard ball off the bat. Could have been a home. It looked like off the bat it was a home run. Surefire double it looked like. Eddie Rosario, who's not known for his defense, makes an absolutely incredible play. 
and from there out, the Braves' incredible bullpen was able to shut it down. What a game. 3-2 victory for the Braves. Back-to-back -back home runs by Swanson and Soler. Get it done. Jorge Soler, one of the heroes of the night with one of the biggest home runs of the series, certainly. And I caught up to him immediately after the game, so let's toss it to that interview. You just hit one of the biggest home runs in this city's history. Take me through that at bat. What were you looking for that at bat? En ese turno de bateo, primero salí a buscar a buscar recta, que es lo que siempre ando buscando. Me tiró recta primer picheo, después me tiré slide, le hago swing. El segundo slide que me tiró lo cogí mejor y ya me sentía bastante cómodo. Y el tercer slide me lo tiró bastante cómodo y le pude conectar. Yeah, you know, uh, just when I came in during that pinch hit at bat, I was looking for a fastball, which is what I typically do. Um, and then for the second pitch, he threw me a slider. And, it, you know, I, I kind of, uh, th with that one, I was just trying to get a, a, the hang for it. And then the, the third slider that he threw me, I got definitely felt a little more comfortable. And then that was the one, obviously, where I was able to make that connection. A lot of people don't realize how difficult it is to come off the bench in the cold, pinch hitting, and then to do that. Talk about your preparation for that at bat. How much preparation went into it for you to go up to the plate in that situation? sabe la dificultad de, de, de hacer eso, de salir del banco ahí y, y venir para ese pinche de turno de bateo. Cuéntanos cómo tú te preparaste para ese turno de bateo. Bueno, desde que, estoy en, desde que empezó, desde el segundo inning estoy haciendo swing adentro en el que en todos los cines me ponía a hacer swing porque sabía que, que la oportunidad iba a llegar en cualquier momento y quería estar lo más ready que pudiera posible. You know, immediately after the second inning, I just spent a lot of time in the cage taking swings and just trying to be ready because I knew the opportunity could present itself at any moment, so I just wanted to be ready for it. You guys have the chance tomorrow to win a World Series in Atlanta in front of this crowd. How much would that mean to you? Mañana tenemos la oportunidad de ganar la Serie Mundial aquí en Atlanta al frente de los fanáticos de nuestra casa. Cuéntanos qué significaría para ti, para nosotros y para la ciudad, para todo el mundo. Bueno, ya nosotros estamos enfocados en el en el juego de mañana. Vamos a salir como siempre, a dar lo mejor de nosotros en el terreno y a divertirnos y Si ganamos aquí se beneficiaría mucho para, para la ciudad. No, ¿sabe? Podemos ganar la igual, pero aquí creo que sería más especial. Definitely. I mean, I we're focused on tomorrow's game, and I think we're going to do what we always do. We're going to go out, we're going to have energy, we're focused, we're going to have fun, we're going to enjoy ourselves. And obviously to win any World Series would be amazing, but to do it here in front of our home fans would be very special. Congratulations. Thank you. What a massive home run. I'm so glad I got to catch up with him and talk about how difficult it is to come off the bench. We heard it from there, from him right there. It is so difficult. As a guy that was used to riding the pine on the bench, when it's cold outside, it's difficult. It's not what we just see at home, on TV, and in the ballpark. He talked about it right there. He started getting ready in the second inning for that at bat. He was down in the tunnel, taking swings, staying warm, getting hot for that at bat, all in preparation for what he did right there with that palm. Absolutely incredible what he was able to do coming off the bench. Those guys, especially Jorge Soler, have just been coming up clutch all series long, those new players. What an absolutely incredible game. But let's get into my player of the game for tonight. And you know what? I could have gone with Soler. I'm going to go with Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario was two for four. A double down the line, ends up scoring. But that play that he made in left field, it makes up for last night. It makes up for that play coming in. They had a no-hitter intact. He comes in. The whole world is saying, how can't you dive for that ball? What are you doing? 
You think anybody's talking about that right now? No, they're talking about that play he made out in left field that potentially saved a double, saved the game. We'll never know because he stepped up and made that play. Two for four at the plate. He's been rolling all series long. Eddie Rosario is an unhung, unsung hero on this team. He's incredible, and he is hot. He is hot, and he is my player of the game tonight in game four for the Atlanta Braves. But speaking of hot, this Atlanta Braves bullpen. I've talked about Kyle Wright and what he did, but I can't talk enough about how awesome this bullpen has been. Kyle Wright comes in and gives four dominant innings. That still leaves a long time for this bullpen to shut the door, and they did it again. You keep wondering. This, this Astros offense has seen these pitchers over and over and over. When are they going to catch up to them? Once you start seeing guys over and over, you eventually catch on to them. But again, we see them having to lean heavy on the bullpen, and they get it done. This bullpen has been lights out. Lights out. The story of this World Series so far, obviously certain big hits. There hasn't been a ton of offense to this point. It has been the Braves pitching. It has been the Braves relievers. That has been the story of this World Series thus far. But I want to talk about who the Braves started tonight. Dylan Lee, who had never started a game in his major league career. So where else does his first ever start come? Of course, it's game four of the World Series. He's never started before. So a couple points I want to make here. One, and look, it's easy in hindsight to say you should have done something else. I talked to A.J. Hinch on Flippin' Bats just a couple of weeks ago, and he said one of the hardest things to do as a manager in the playoffs is manage pitchers and manage the bullpen. But one thing he made very clear, and I found this to be very interesting, is just because a move doesn't work doesn't mean the other one would have worked. In my opinion, you start Kyle Wright. The Astros in that first inning, that's where they get you. That's where they get you quick. So why start Dylan Lee? I don't know. I think you start Kyle Wright, let him go a few innings. But you never, you never know what it might be. You never know what the reason might be why we saw Dylan Lee start. It could be a matchup thing. Kyle Wright may not face, may not do well against Jose Altuve. He may have a bad career against Jose Altuve. So Snicker may be sitting over there and saying, you know what? We're not going to start Kyle Wright. We're gonna, we need some innings out of him. We want to start him in the second inning so he's not facing those guys that he doesn't do well against. We don't know the, the talks going on behind the scenes, but that could very well be what's going on. But Dylan Lee ends up getting the start. And as I said last night and in my game preview, the Astros start quickly. They start early. Look for the Astros to come out and score in the first inning. What did they do? They came out and scored in the first inning. But hats off to the Braves for shutting it down. It could have gotten ugly. It could have gotten ugly right there. There were runners on base. They were one swing away from being down 4 nothing. And then from that point on, it looks like but this is the first inning. We're down 4 nothing. Offense is hard to come by. This game could have been over. So kudos to them for shutting the door, slamming the door right there, and not making it worse. Let's throw this to some fan questions. What we got first. Was the moment too big for Dylan Lee? Look, I. this was a very tough situation for Dylan Lee. You know, I, I almost feel feel bad for the situation he was put in. He's never started in the major leagues before. 
and then to start them in this game, in game four of the World Series, that's a tough place to start. But one thing I did like that he did, as I've said a few times, he's never started in the big leagues. So what did he do? When the team took the field out of the dugout, no Dylan Lee. Where was Dylan Lee? He was warming up in the bullpen and came trotting in from the bullpen. I was sitting in the stands and turned to my buddy and said, he's coming in from out of the bullpen. This is great. I love this. Obviously, it didn't end up working out great for him, but a tough situation for him to come in. So, um, you know, I don't blame him at all. I would have started Kyle Wright. But let's get another question. Why didn't the Braves just start Kyle Wright? That's a great question. I touched on that for a second. We don't know the stories going on behind the scenes. It very well could be, oh, okay, the Astros lead off with Altuve, Bregman, Correa, whatever it may be. You don't do well against those guys. We need you to get a couple of innings. We don't want to get you in trouble off the jump. We don't want you to get in trouble and us have to pull you after an inning or after an inning and a half. So maybe that's why they didn't start Kyle Wright. I don't know. I don't think it was the right. I don't think it was the right situation. I don't think it was the right decision. I really don't. I think he should have started. I think you have one of your guys. Kyle Wright is more of a guy than Dylan Lee, who's never never started before. But at least he's started before. At least he's started games in Major League Baseball before. So in my opinion, I would have started Kyle Wright. Obviously, hindsight is 2020. But even before this happened, even 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 before, I would have said the exact same thing. But we have to talk about his counterpart, Zach Granke. Let's talk about him a little more in depth here. He was brilliant, to be quite honest with you. In the scorebooks, it looks like a good outing. It wasn't five hitless innings. It wasn't eight strong, giving up one hit. But he was brilliant. Zach Greinke, as I said, hasn't been starting much. This was his second start of the postseason. He's been struggling. To get this start from Zach Greinke on the mound was awesome. But I also want to talk about what he did at the plate. I kid you not, Zach Greinke came up. He's hitting in the eight hole, which I also want to talk about. He comes up, and I said, Zach Greinke's a really good hitting pitcher. Watch out because this guy can hit. Literally 30 seconds after I said that, Zach Granke rifles a ball up the middle, gets on base, and then my favorite thing of the night happened. This was a great night. Big home runs, the atmosphere was awesome. My favorite thing, Zach Granke's puffy jacket. A throwback to the past. We used to see this all the time. Pitchers would get on base, it could have been 60 degrees outside. They didn't care. They wanted you to know that they were a pitcher and they got a hit and they get to wear a puffy jacket. I'd do the same thing. But he got on base. He got to wear the jacket. He gets around to second. He continues to wear the jacket at second. And then they get two outs. And then he goes, you know what? I'm going to be an athlete here. I'm going to take off the jacket so I can be even faster. He didn't end up scoring. But look. Zach Greinke got a hit tonight. He ran the bases. He wore a puffy jacket. I love me some Zach Greinke. Let's get to some fan questions. Why did Greinke rock the puffy jacket on base? This is a great question. So the, the puffy jacket is, is a staple 
of, of baseball from years past. Pitchers used to get on base when they would hit and put on this jacket. But it's very important for pitchers to wear, to stay warm. If he wasn't out on the field, we would see him in the dugout with his right arm wrapped up in a jacket to stay warm. It really does matter. So he gets out on the base. You don't want him to get cold out there, so you put on the puffy jacket. That's what he did. But the purpose of it is to stay warm. So thank you for that question. We got one more. Let's get to it. This one comes from Alex. Why did they hit Granky in the eight hole? That's a great question. So Zach Granky, as I stated, is a good hitting pitcher. It's also common knowledge that Martin Maldonado is not in the not in the lineup for his offensive production. He's just not. So here's why you do it. Zach Granky can hit. If his spot comes up in the lineup and he's still pitching well, you have no problems with him hitting right there. In fact, you even feel kind of good about it. So put him in the eight hole, and if he gets a hit, great. If he's not throwing well, then you pinch hit in that situation. You bring in another batter. So it doesn't really matter that it's the pitcher spot. There's not going to be many pitch. There's not going to be a single pitcher hitting in that eight spot unless it's Zach Granke, who everybody knows is a good hitting pitcher. He can hold his own. He's one of the best hitting pitchers of all time. So that's why you put him in the eight hole. If he comes up, great. If he's not throwing well, you pinch hit, and you have another good hitter there. Good question. Let's get to the next one. This one comes from David. Do you think MLB goes universal DH next season? I do. I do. I truly believe what we we could have just witnessed right here, the last hit by a pitcher ever. That doesn't include my best friend Shohei Otani. But seriously, there's a new bargaining agreement that's about to take place. Most likely, in my opinion, there's going to be a universal DH in baseball. We're not going to see pitchers hitting anymore. We're not going to see the nine spot in the lineup come up and have to see a pitcher go 0 for 70 on the season. It's not going to happen anymore. We're going to hear about this forever. 70 years from now, we might hear, who's the last pitcher to get a hit in Major League Baseball? And it's going to be Zach Greinke in Game 4 of the World Series. And then he wore a puffy jacket. So not only did he get perhaps the last hit ever by a pitcher, but tragically, this may be the last time we see a puffy jacket on the field. Are you kidding me? That's so sad. But congratulations, Zach Granke, with the hit up the middle. He was left on base. And that was kind of a theme of the night for the Astros. They kept leaving guys on base. They lose this game 3-2. to two. They left a million runners out there. They left a ton of guys out there. They didn't get that big hit. And throughout the game, it kind of felt like the Astros were in control. It's 2-0 all game. The Braves weren't scoring. It was cold outside, so it kind of seemed the Braves just aren't going to score tonight. It's not their night. So it didn't really seem like that big of a factor. But then you start thinking about it. Wait, the Astros missed out on a ton of opportunities to score runs. They very easily could have gotten this to four, five, six runs. They left a ton of guys out there tonight. In my opinion, that's the story of this night. They left 11 runners out there. 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. 0 for 8. They left 11 guys out there. It's tough to win ball games like that, and they had it under their, they had it under control for a while, but then those clutch knocks, Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Jorge Soler, all they needed was three. 
because the Astros didn't capitalize when they had the chance. That's my story of this night. The Astros just not getting it done when they had to. But the Braves did. And Jorge Soler was one of the heroes. And he was acquired at the trade deadline. Before this series started, it was one of my key topics was, what can these guys that were acquired do? What are these acquired players going to do? Can they continue to step up in the World Series on the biggest stage? Yes. And we've seen it time and time again now. Tonight, it was Jorge Soler. But we've seen it all playoffs. Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario tonight, all playoffs. Two for four tonight, my player of the game. These guys that they acquired, they acquired like four guys, five guys to make up for the production of one player in Ronald Acuna. They totally transformed this team. And now we're seeing it on the biggest stage. Tonight, it was Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler. When is it going to be Jocktober? I talked about it on the show last night. Jocktober's coming. The Astros must have heard me because he came up tonight in a huge situation. And they said, you know what? Ben Verlander last night said it's almost his time. Let's put him on base. And they put him on base tonight. But this team just keeps stepping up from those big players that they acquired at the trade deadline. Let's get to a fan question about this. Can we say the Braves won the trade deadline? Neil, yes, we can. The Braves won the trade deadline. For all of those reasons, look. Not only what they're doing in the playoffs, but what they did to get here. This team was a 500 team. When Ronald Acuna went down, they were a 500 ball club. They were expected by many to, to be a World Series contender. They were expected by me, my preseason prediction, to be in the World Series. And now they're here. But it's not because of Ronald Acuna like we thought it would be. It's because of these guys they acquired. So I hear you with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, but where are they? This team is here. The Atlanta Braves won the trade deadline. So great question. We have one more. Let's get to that. Tyler asked, which Braves deadline move was the most impactful? Oh, that's a good one. You know what? I'm going to throw you for a loop right here. It's not either of the he heroes I talked about tonight. It's not Jorge Soler. It's not Eddie Rosario. I'm going to say it's Jock Peterson. The Pearls, he brought something to this team that goes beyond the stats. He brought fun to the clubhouse. He brought them together. He had a quote earlier when he got here, when he got to Atlanta. He said, this team just wasn't having fun. I got to change that. And he did. And a big part of that is the reason they're here. So I hear you on Jorge Soler, a great pickup. I hear you on Eddie Rosario. You could go on and on. But I'm going to say Jock Peterson for what he's done in the playoffs, for what he's done to this point, and for what he brought to this team. He changed this team. You walk around this stadium, everyone is wearing pearls. Everyone. You just, it just takes you over. I don't even know how these got on. I think you just walk into the ballpark and you end up with pearls on. The Pearls have taken over Atlanta. Jock Peterson has taken over Atlanta. And he is my answer for who is the biggest trade deadline of all of these guys that the Braves acquired. So thank you for those questions. Let's talk about Jose Altuve. A bomb tonight. Jose Altuve now 
the second most leading home run hitter in the postseason all time. We talked about how his last home run tied him with Bernie Williams for the second most postseason home runs all time. But now, sole possession of second place. Behind only Manny Ramirez with 29, Altuve is at 23. Look, I think he's going to hit another one in this series. He's, he's inching closer and closer. Jose Altuve is one of the best Houston Astros in history. He's one of the best postseason players in the history of this game, and he's going to go down as an all-time great. He continues to get it done on the biggest stage in the world. He had been struggling in the playoffs up to this point. World Series starts, all eyes on the Astros, and he's back. That's what winners do. That's what legends do. And I don't think it's a stretch to call Jose Altuve a legend. That's what he is. And now we see him in second place all time in home runs in the postseason. We have a fan question on this. Let's get to that. This one comes from Alex. Will Jose Altuve catch Manny in postseason home runs? All right. He's six behind. He's still young. This Astros team is still going to be good. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say that Jose Altuve catches and passes Manny Ramirez and ends up as the all-time leading home run hitter in the postseason. This Astros team is going to continue to be good. They're going to continue to be really good, and they still have a young core of guys. Altuve's got a long time ahead of him. He's going to be a good player for a long time, so my answer is yes. He passes Manny Ramirez and becomes the all-time leading postseason home run getter. I got to talk about this atmosphere. This place is special. This place is incredible. I know I continue to talk about it, but you also hear other guys talk about it. You hear Austin Riley say how awesome it is playing in front of these crowds. You hear Jorge Soler talk about how awesome it would be to win in front of this home crowd. They haven't had a World Series here in over 20 years. You can feel it in the ballpark. You really can. I listed the Astros as one of my top five postseason atmospheres. The Braves are immediately thrown into that. Three hours before the game, you can't walk around here. You can't walk out in the battery. The gate's open and it's already flooded. I've been blown away by this place. I've been blown away when there's a pitching change. The things this crowd does in unison, when they, do, when they turn out the lights, when they do the chop, when everybody turns their lights on, honestly, it gives me the chills. I've now seen it a few times, and every single time I get the chills. I pull out my phone, I turn on my light, and I record it because it's special. This atmosphere, one word to sum up this atmosphere would be special. So we have a fan question from this. Let's throw it to that. What do we got? Please tell me Atlanta is in your new top five playoff atmospheres. Yes, it absolutely is. I don't exactly know what number it's going to be yet. I, You know what? I'm going to put it... Oh, this is on the spot. I'm going to keep Fenway at number one. Fenway is my number one playoff atmosphere. I have I had Houston as my number two. I still I have those neck and neck. So Atlanta is is two or three in my top five postseason atmospheres. That means one of them's getting kicked out. 
somebody's getting kicked out because immediately upon arrival, it became evident this place is special, this place is ready to party, and this place wants a World Series championship. And they have a chance to do that tomorrow. I can't wait to see this atmosphere tomorrow. It's going to be special. They have a chance to win the World Series in their home ballpark in front of their home crowd. The place has already been awesome. They're one win away. They're 27 outs away from winning a World Series right here. This atmosphere is great. Let's get to some fan questions. I love making this show interactive. I love having you all be a part of it. I always want to ask. I always want to keep it interactive. So let's get to some fan questions. This one comes from Joel. Will Zach Greinke be the last pitcher who ever gets a hit in a major league game? Will he be the last to run the bases with a warm-up jacket? He very well could be. He very well could be. You know what I could see happening like 20 years from now? Being like a 20-inning game in the World Series and teams are out of position players to hit and some jerker that's not even alive yet is going to pinch hit in the 20th inning, get a hit, and we're all going to hear... He's the first to get a hit in the World Series since Zach Greinke in 2021. But let me set the record straight. I'm counting Shohei Otani in this. I don't consider him just a pitcher. I don't consider him just a hitter. Shohei Otani is a unicorn. That's what he is. So he's not counting in this. Will the Angels make the World Series anytime soon? Will he be on a new team? Never know. But I'm not counting him. Great question, though. Let's get to the next one. Why did Albies hit righty-righty tonight? Why did he hit right-handed against a writer? right-hander? That's a great question. I was sitting in the stands and saw him come up to the plate and said, he's hitting right-handed against a righty. What's going on? So I started thinking about it. He's a right-handed dominant hitter. He's better from the right side of the plate, okay? But... Brief synopsis here, he can switch hit. He can hit from both sides of the plate. When a right-hander is on the mound, he hits left-handed, and vice versa. When a left-hander is on the mound, he hits right-handed. Zach Greinke's a different story. Zach Greinke's not going to throw the ball by you. He's not going to throw 98 miles an hour. He's going to get you with a lot of off-speed stuff. That's why we saw him hit right-handed. Zach Greinke's much better against left-handed hitters. So Albies is going to go up and hit right-handed and sit on that off-speed. It's his dominant side. Why not do it? We've seen him do it once this year. So it just takes away Zach Greinke's strengths. He loves facing lefties. He's better against lefties because that changeup is so dominant. That curveball is a wipeout curveball. It didn't end up working out for him. He didn't have a fantastic night at the plate, but certainly something to talk about. I spent a while talking about it in the stands. Great question. Let's get to the next one. This comes from Corey. What makes the Braves such a dangerous team? You know, they have a lot of good players on the field. Absolutely. Their bullpen is dominant. Their pitching has been great. But what makes Braves team special is that they have something going on with this team. They have something special going on. You can feel it with this team. It just feels like... They're a team of destiny. Now, whether they're going to win this World Series or not, time will tell. We could tell tomorrow. 
But it just seems like when these guys came over, when Jock Peterson came over, when Jorge Zer came over, when Eddie Rosario came over, Adam Duvall, it brought something special to this team. It brought a bunch of guys together that had never been together before. It changed the way they played. It changed the way they went out every single day. That's what makes Braves team special. They can compete with anybody on the field, but they're tighter and they have something special going on in that locker room. In my opinion, that's what makes them special, and that's what makes them run away from the World Series. Great question. Let's get to the next one. This one comes from Steph. Would Tyler Matzik be an underrated choice to be the MVP of the World Series? Would he be an underrated choice? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to end up winning it? No. Do I think that he could and maybe even should if he ends up having another game? Yes. This guy would be an underrated pick. I don't blame you for asking that at all. I think what he has done in this postseason, starting back from what he did against the Dodgers to now, this guy had the yips. This guy literally couldn't pitch. And now he's on the biggest stage in the world, getting the biggest out in the world getting the biggest outs for this team. That's how much trust they have in him. But would it be an underrated pick? Absolutely. Do I think it happens? No. But how cool would that be? Great question. Let's get to another one. This one comes from Alan. What's your favorite World Series in the postseason childhood days, Ben? So what's my favorite World Series from my childhood? I'm say 2001 Yankees Diamondbacks. The New York Yankees, who were dynasty to that point. An absolute dynasty. They had won multiple years in a row. They had won a bunch of World Series in the, at the end of the 90s, 2000. You get to 2001, and they're absolutely the best team in the World Series. It's also kind of the first World Series that, that I can remember. At that time, I was nine years old. But I will. You, nobody can forget. Mariano Rivera on the mound, the best to ever do it in the ninth inning against Luis Gonzalez. He saws him off the blooper to center. He celebrates going down the line. The Diamondback win the World Series in 2001. My answer for that. That was an incredible World Series. Great question. Let's get to another. This one comes from Lori. Will the Braves close this out in Game 5 and win their first World Series since 1995? My gut tell me that this goes back to Houston for for one reason. Who who do the Braves continue to turn to? This Morton injury, this is where it starts seeing it catch up. Game four, where they have to start Dylan Lee, and game five. This is where Charlie Morton would be coming back on. So you're going to, again, rely heavily on your bullpen tomorrow. The Astros have now seen a bunch of times. The weather's going to be warmer. Look for more runs to be scored tomorrow, which everybody's excited for. It's tough to hit in the cold. But I look for more runs to be scored tomorrow. I think the Astros score a bunch of runs against this Braves bullpen. That has been lights out. But that's a great question. I think the series shifts back to Houston, at least gets to game six. We got a couple more. Let's do another one. Was tonight the best World Series game so far? Yes. This was the first lead change that we saw all series long. This was the first lead change that we have seen. To do it in front of the home crowd, 
to do it with this place going nuts. Back-to-back -back home runs from Dansby Swanson and Jorge Soler, who we just caught up with and asked about it. In front of this atmosphere, in my opinion, yes. This was the best World Series game that we have seen so far this year. Let's get to another question. This one comes from Aha. What's the biggest key to Grinke consistently coming up in these big games over the last few years? The man can't throw gas anymore, but he's a straight-up gamer with the season on the line. You know, I was actually thinking about that today. Zach Granke, most notably, in the last World Series they were in, throws great, gets pulled from the game perhaps early. I don't know. Talk to A.J. Hinch about that one as well. It's one that haunts him. But he threw great in that World Series. He threw great tonight. Zach Granke is a great guy. He's an interesting guy. Everybody knows that. So I don't think this situation, I don't think this atmosphere that I've spent so much time talking about gets to him at all. Literally at all. I think he was built for these moments. I don't care if he didn't throw great in the ALCS. I don't care if the end of his season was rough. It's the World Series. Of course he shows up. That's a great question. Let's get to one more. This one comes from Holly. How do managers really feel about everyday starters who are sitting on goose eggs for the postseason? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. We see it time and time again. We saw it yesterday. Ian Anderson, five no-hit innings. A great start. One of the best starts we've seen in the World Series. But what we start seeing in the postseason is managers – freaking out a little bit, looking at the analytics a little too much. Well, is it too much? It worked out for the Braves yesterday, but it didn't for Kevin Cash last year with Blake Snell. So what we start to see is managers looking at the numbers and saying, okay, it's his third time through the lineup. He doesn't do great the third time through the lineup. We have to get him out. We have to get him out. I don't like it. I think there's something to being in the zone. I don't know how to explain it. But athletes that are the best in the world have this ability to just go to another level. They're great, and they can go to greater. They have this ability to lock in and zone in and do something special. And I think what we're seeing now of managers looking at numbers and all that stuff is starting to take away from those special outings that we have the potential to see. And I don't know what the answer is because it, can, it, it works. Yeah, the analytics say to take him out. You can't argue with winning ball games. It's just starting to take away from that something special. We could have seen Ian Anderson throw a no-hitter in the World Series last night, but we didn't get to because he was taken out, and it worked out just fine. At the end of the day, it's about winning ball games, and the Atlanta Braves are winning ball games. So thank you for those questions. What a great night here in Atlanta. This has been awesome. Game four of the World Series comes to an end they win the Braves are 8-0 in the World Series at home are you kidding me that's incredible in the postseason might I add in the postseason this has been an incredible atmosphere to experience including tonight what a game this has been another live postseason atmosphere another live postseason show flipping bats presented by Taco Bell let me take a second to thank Taco Bell this is all possible because of them. So thank you, Taco Bell. 
This has been incredible. This atmosphere has been incredible. This show has been incredible. And we will see you tomorrow night after Game 5.